so last sunday uh, i i shared from 1 peter chapter 5 verse uh, 10 onwards and there were four things that we saw what god does in our life yes our god uh, we looked at our god is the god of grace who gives us grace is gracious god uh, he doesn't uh, uh, you know uh, put us away send us away but he in grace he he calls us towards him so he's a god of grace he has called each and every one of us for the purposes that he has he saves us uh, he has he has saved us and uh, given us eternal life but every day also he he saves us in different ways you know uh, so uh, he saves us and uh, then uh, he he strengthens us and he blesses us in various ways yeah so this is what we saw uh, last sunday uh, as we looked when it when it comes to uh, uh, you know uh, acting this is this is what god does this is what god does on his part he 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 gives grace to his people he calls them he saves them he provides for them he strengthens them he blesses them yes and this this is amazing this is amazing to know what god does for each and every one of us in 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 various ways and for each and every one of us he works in different ways but he makes sure that people are safe his people are blessed yes so this is what god does and when we when we get to know when we get to know that our god is a god of grace and he calls us he saves us there is a time for us to respond yes it is very important when when we receive a revelation from god when he when we receive a blessing when we know that he saved us you know uh, for 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 the unbelievers it might happen uh, initially you know that they, they come into this light but for us who know god we it could be a everyday thing that you know every day we get to know something about god and uh, you know every day we get to know that he has blessed us he saved us you know we remind ourselves about about the call that he has upon our life and that calls for a response that calls for a response each and every one you know uh, has to respond to uh, to to uh, god's act you know when god works in our life we, there is a response that is expected out of us bible tells us that god is a living god he is not a dead god yes how many of us you agree with me yes he is a he is a alive god he is more alive than any one of us you know more than any one of us he is alive he is living and therefore he works therefore he works he works for your good for my good yes and we who are alive who are made alive in him we also need to act we also need to act we cannot remain uh, dead we also need to respond when god works in our life we have to respond and the response uh, can be made in various ways you know there are various ways that each and every one of us can show a response it's, it's, it's numerous ways that we can respond there could be negative ways there could be positive ways and what we are going to be focusing on today is how to respond to that. yes when god does something in our life and even when we know that nothing much is happening we know that there is something happening at the background which soon will come into light you know god is never never asleep he never sleeps he never slumbers he is always at work it might not appear to us that something is happening you know like right now we've been waiting we've been waiting but something in us tells us that you know there is something happening at the background which will soon come into light so there are various ways to respond and we we'll look at the positive ways but before we look at how to respond you know let us first quickly look at some of the ways that we must not what are the ways that we should not respond to god you know so let us quickly look at 
three things at least that you know we must not respond in a way so firstly when we when we hear the word of god when we when we come to know uh, what god has done for us when something is revealed to us you know uh, we might just shut ourselves completely we might not want to hear at all in first place you might say i don't want to hear i don't i'm not interested at all you know many times we we've gone and told someone uh, about about the good news and you know they've just said you know what let me stop you there i don't want to hear you know sometimes people don't give us a ear you know they 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 just say you know let's not take this forward it happens so many times that the message is first of all not received so god god does so many things in our life but sometimes people they they just shut themselves they don't want to receive the word i remember back in 2002 2003 i don't exactly remember but before i came to the lord you know uh, there this man who would come to my house you know my parents would invite him you know uh, uh, they they were saved and they would invite this man he would come home and when he came home uh, he would he would always call me you know hello young man you know and i knew the reason why he was there i knew that he's come to share something with me you know from the bible so whenever i knew that he would come home you know i would quickly try and escape quickly try and escape you know i would get dressed i would say ah, okay 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 you know and and just quickly escape from there you know uh, this man was uh, pat magee uh, uncle pat who we call uncle pat you know he is no more he's gone to be with the lord and um, you know uh, he would come and he would try and you know uh, start a conversation but i would like you know i don't want to hear i, I just ran away just ran away i wish i would have heard him you know back then i would have heard i would have responded you know but i did not i did not i did not stand in front of him just just escape if i would have then you know i would have got uh, two more years in the lord i would have come early a couple of years early in the lord nevertheless finally i came back, uh, to the lord in 2004 grateful to god but you know this is this is one of the ways that we can respond is like you know we don't want to hear first of all we don't want to hear we shut ourselves up completely so this is not how we should do it this is not how we should do it god speaks to us every day and when we see speaks to us every day we should hear him out we should hear him first of all the second thing that can be done is you know the message can be received but there could be no reply no reply at all no response no reply nothing just you know nothing the the message has come but there's no response god has spoken to us god has worked in our life but there's no response no response at all yeah how many times we've sent messages to people on whatsapp we've seen you know and when we keep a track you know there is one tick and it says okay the message is sent and it turns into two oh he has received the message you know and then we wait when is it going to turn blue when is it going to turn blue and then finally it turns blue and then we look up is, is he typing is she typing no there is no movement at all you know and you're like you know you're waiting for a response but there is none there is none you know and then this uh, silly feature that has come up a while ago that you know it doesn't even show if the person activates that it doesn't even show blue text it just remains black you know and so you don't know whether that person is red or what what's happening and you know you're like waiting for a response but there is no response at all no response at all you you like you know completely silent 
this is another way that we should not respond to god you know when he and he speaks to us when he does things in our life he expects a response he expects a response the third way that we should not respond is you know respond negatively negatively you know uh, when somebody uh, tells us something and we or does something and you know uh, the response comes in negative so no not good not good i remember uh, last week i was talking to my parents and i was telling them about an instance where i was sharing the gospel with my uncle and i had a lot of time uh, you know to share the gospel with him and it was it was actually a very long time you know i sat with him for about uh, an hour and a half you know and went into details i was explaining things to him how things work and he was silent throughout the time silent throughout the time and you know i was like in me i was thinking you know like it's working it's working it's you know he's listening great he's listening great you know and so i i took him to the old testament new testament i made him understand a few things and towards the end so i said what do you think and then he said it's rubbish it doesn't happen like this it's rubbish you know i was i was disheartened i said oh my god you know it came in negative just disheartened so the response was negative he said no it doesn't work like this it's rubbish whatever you shared so far it's it's you know it's rubbish it does not work like this. so a negative response also can come you know and these are the these are the ways that we should not respond to god you know we should hear his word we should first of all respond and then we should respond appropriately to god our response to him should be you know positive so there are three things that we'll be looking at today you know the the passages that i've chosen is from the book of hebrews uh, chapter 10 verses 22 to 24 and uh, you know there are there are three ways three things that we will look at in which we can show our response to him you know and um, as 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 i'm going to be sharing these three things you know uh, not only that when god does you know this can be utilized anywhere in in, in any way you know that we can respond it's very important to to uh, to answer back to god through our actions through our words you know and so there are there are these three things that i've put together that we'll be looking at today uh, from uh, from this passage yes and uh, when i uh, say this passage you know there are three invitations i'd like to call them three invitations that are there each each of the verse begins with letters yeah so it's it's encouraging us it's calling us to do something it's inviting us for something yes and so each of the three things uh, that are mentioned in these three verses in the book of hebrews chapter 10 you know uh, they 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 have an invitation for us in fact if we look into the context if we read from verse 19 onwards it it, it begins you know the the writer of the book of hebrews says that you know it is it is the work of cross it is jesus who has made it possible for us it is jesus who has made a way for us to come before god and then it continues with the three letters yes so it's saying jesus has worked jesus has does uh, has done wonders in our life he has worked in our life he has he has opened a way for us and that calls for a response that calls for a response and then the author goes and mentions three things that we as individuals and as as a gathering as a church 
we should respond in these three ways. So I'm going to be reading one verse at a time and then we'll be looking into each of the things that is mentioned over there. So first up, verse 22. What does verse 22 say? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. It says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the, and with the full assurance that faith brings. This verse says, let us draw near to God. My dear friends, it is very, very, very important for us to keep drawing closer to him. Keep drawing closer to him. This morning we, we sang this song, you know, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. That means God is fighting our battles. He is, he is fighting our battles. In fact, it is not our battle also. It is his. He is fighting us. And if he's fighting our battle, then what do we need to do? We need to firstly draw closer to him. We need to come closer to him. We need to draw closer to him. And as much as we say, you know, that keep drawing, come to him, come to his throne, his throne of grace, you know, with sincere hearts, with full assurance that faith brings, you know, we, we sometimes tell people, you know, you don't have to do anything. Just come the way you are. You know, you don't have to bring any gifts. You don't have to bring any sacrifices. You know, it's just, it's, it's just easy. Just come as you are. But as much as we say that it is easy, let's be honest, it's not. It's not. It's not easy to bring a person to God or ourselves, you know, to draw to God. Because there are many things that stop us. There are many things that can actually stop us from coming to God. But despite all of that, the Bible is encouraging that God has made a way for us. He has prepared a way. He has made it possible for you and I to come into his presence, to come before his throne with confidence, with sincere hearts, true hearts, true hearts, not hiding anything. The way we are, we can come before him in faith. In faith, knowing that, yes, what Jesus has done is complete. We can come before him. But there are things that can stop us from coming to him. There are things that can stop us from coming. And what are some of the things that can stop us from coming to God? It could be shame. You know, it could be shame. Some people living in shame. You know, they have done something and they are really embarrassed. They are really shameful about their actions, you know. And they think about what will people think? What about God think? How can I come to him? I've done this. You know, I've sinned. It's, it's really embarrassing. How can I come before God? How can I? It, it's shame that hinders us uh, at times, you know, to come to God. Come to God. What does the Bible teach us? Bible teaches us that, you know, uh, Jesus took our shame away on the cross. He took our shame away. In, in the nation that we are living uh, you know, culturally, you know, we have uh, in many places there is the, the culture of shame, you know, the shame culture. People uh, feel ashamed, you know, especially when it comes to women, you know, even men, you know, many times they feel ashamed. Yeah. And, and that stops them from, you know, coming out and speaking to someone for help or asking someone for help. And Jesus, while dying on the cross, you know, uh, in pictures, we see that there is a certain amount of clothes on him. But actually, you know, uh, he had none. He had no clothes on him. Whoever was crucified, it was a, it was a, it was a shameful thing. It was a shameful thing. 
you know people would uh, you know shake their heads and just walk away with disgust and while jesus was dying on the cross he was taking our shame away too so there is no shame for those who are in christ the bible says you know for those who are in christ you know jesus has taken our shame away he has taken it away let let shame not stop us from drawing near to god let it not stop it could be fear you know that also has to do uh, with certain amount of upbringing that we've had you know uh, we you know children often you know uh, they they've been taught that if you don't do this you know you'll be punished you'll be punished yeah and so that remains in their head that you know if i if i don't act appropriately you know what will happen there will be fear and that stops them from approaching stops us from approaching why because we have fear in us oh what will happen you know what if god punishes me because i am a sinful man what will happen what will happen the bible tells us time and again do not fear do not fear the bible tells us do not fear because he is with us he is for us so many times the bible tells us so many times jesus told his disciples do not fear do not fear god is for you he is with you he is on your side he loves you in fact you know so let fear not stop us let not shame stop us let not fear stop us what else it could be guilt guilt of you know the wrongs that we've done the sins that we've committed we you know no matter how much people try to encourage us we feel oh but i did this you know i did this and we might feel guilty about it time and again and and it's it's like a burden you know that we carry every day it's the burden that we carry every day you know and uh, the bible tells us the bible tells us that whoever is in christ jesus in romans here it says you know in in christ jesus there's no condemnation upon them because the guilt is taken away uh, by jesus on the cross there remains no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus so there is no shame there is no fear you know fear is there but we need to deal with it we have to remove the fear there is no guilt guilt is taken away the burden has been lifted off by jesus he is carrying a burden he is taking a guilt away there is no condemnation there is no condemnation we, we can approach the throne of grace with much confidence much confidence with faith yes jesus loves me there is no guilt upon me there is no condemnation so let guilt not stop us from drawing near to god there could be doubts in our mind there could be doubts yeah how many times we doubt is he there does god really exist many people think at one point we also used to think is he really there is he really there doubts doubts stop us from coming to god what does what does uh, hebrew 11 say you know the following chapter it says you know those who come to him must believe that he exists he exists many people don't come to god because they feel there is no god there are people out there who think there is no god he doesn't exist and therefore they do not come to him but the bible tells us you know god does exist he is there and he is close to us so let there be no doubt let there be no doubt sometimes we just doubt that you know will he accept me even if i come will he accept me is is the doubt 
there are lots of doubts there are lots of doubts in our mind that stop us coming from god when peter walked on water he he took the call he started walking on water and then while he was walking his focus shifted from god to the situation around him and he began to sink and he began to sink jesus reach, reaches out to him and he says why did you doubt what did jesus say to peter said so why did you doubt do not doubt do not be afraid i am there i am there to help you i will reach out to you i'll save you i'll bless you you know i'll help you do not doubt and then other than these there could be you know uh, business of life there could be laziness there could be various things in life that stop us from coming to god could be various things but these you know these are the four things that i've mentioned over here adam and eve they were so close to god they were so so close to god and god had given them clear instructions what to do what not to do what to eat what not to eat and a certain fruit he had said you are not supposed to eat from that tree yes and yet they had doubt in their mind really the doubt was created in their mind by the by the ancient serpent he said really did he mean that and when the question was put there was doubt that came into their mind they doubted the word of god and when they doubted the word of god they ate the fruit they sinned and when they sinned what ha- what happened to them guilt came in they doubted then the guilt came in and when the guilt came in they realized they were naked they were shameful shame also came in and because of their shamefulness they covered themselves with you know leaves tree leaves they tried to cover their shamefulness so there was doubt which led to guilt which led to shame and when the shame came in they also were fearful and what did they do they were fearful that you know what will god say now what will god say and because there was fear in their mind they tried to hide behind the trees as if god did not know where they were hiding yeah i remember in one of the psalms it says you know when god speaks he breaks the cedars cedars are the trees you know he says break the cedars they did not know when god speaks the trees also will be broken will be exposed Yeah, but they were they were hiding they were shameful they were fearful uh, they had guilt in them and they had doubted and that resulted into the fall of man yeah and what happened what happened after that the very thing the worst thing that could happen they were cast away from the presence of god they were cast out of eden from the very presence of god they were they were they were you know hurled away go away yes they were separated from the presence of god and here there is a call upon us there is a call upon you and me where the bible reminds us you know in this passage where it says you know with sincere hearts with clear hearts with faith in our hearts let us draw to god let us draw closer to god always keep drawing closer to god this is a very familiar picture you know very familiar scenario for us you know i really looked hard for uh, this image on on google this is a wedding throne 
yeah there's a wedding throne you, i i showed you a throne of god you know where god, the bible tells us to to come before him to draw closer to him this is another scenario whereas in there are two thrones people are getting married yeah how many of us have been to marriages weddings yes how many of us yes some point or the other yes we've all been invited to weddings we like to go to weddings you know and uh, let me ask you this you know which is the best place in, in a wedding which is the best place that you like to be in yeah be honest tell me which is the best place the buffet right the buffet counter where the food is is where you want to be found you know earlier we used to wait ki are khana kab shuru hoga shaadi mein you tell you kriya karam chal raha hai and all of that and we would wait ki when you know when when will the food be served but nowadays you know right from the beginning right from the beginning the food is served you know you walk in there is pani puri and what not you know and you start eating and this is the place that we all like to be in i like to be in a place you know where the food is served and the least preferred place the least preferred place is to go near the stage or on the stage at the most you want to go there click a picture and just you know get away you know give the gift get away you don't want to be there you don't want to be up there yeah the married people they they said ek bar ho gaya bas we don't want to go there again you know they want to just go away you know but have you have you noticed at weddings how the children behave have you noticed children the children they i have noticed this and i can tell from experience that i too have done this the children they just want to go up on the stage when i was a kid and when i went to weddings i ran up to the stage i wanted to be up there in fact i wanted the couple to move out quickly to go and eat or or to go to the washroom or to change or whatever but just go why so that i can sit on the throne i wanted to sit there on the throne not that i wanted to get married but you know it's just fun it's so much fun to be up there you know sitting you know posing we wanted to be up there i don't know if you've done that or not and you can notice you know in future also when we go to some weddings notice the children they run up and they like to be there now we because we have developed that understanding and all we stay away but the children they are so innocent they are so innocent just want to run up there and and if we look at this scenario you know we can draw some learning from there that you know bible tells us unless you become like one of these who the children you cannot enter into the kingdom of god because of our many understandings and you know because of uh, we become too mature or whatever we you know hold ourselves but like children they go up with confidence they dance up there they are on the chair you know people always go bhago yahan se bhago you know they shoo us from there the children want to go up and sit there like children we also should run to god be with him where he is be in his presence be in his presence don't let us not think too much when it comes to drawing closer to god what will he think what will we do what what will i say just come as we are the bible says come with pure hearts true hearts sincere hearts just come before him you made a mistake come before him Yes, Lord, I have made a mistake, but I here I am. Like David, after making mistake, after sinning, he just comes before God and says, "Lord, here I am. I have sinned against you and you alone. Here I am. 
let us draw near to god let us keep drawing near to god let it be a, a continuous thing let it be a sorry let it be a regular thing every day some people just draw uh, close to god from sunday to sunday or from meetings to meetings let it be not event based like this wedding you know it should be a lifestyle every moment while working while cooking while doing some other work before sleeping while waking up you can come any moment of the time to god and you know what the bible tells us what happens when you draw closer to god yes you know what the bible says what happens when you and i when we draw closer to god the bible says he will draw near to you james chapter 4 verse 8 says draw near to god and he will draw near to you this is the call upon us my dear friends god is saying draw near to me and i will draw near to you this is the call upon our lives let us look at the second invitation the first invitation is calling us to draw near to god and what does the second invitation say second invitation says let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 the second invitation is calling us to hold fast to cling to something so hard that not not letting it go holding on to promises of god holding on to the hope the hope that we profess the hope that we confess what is it that we are confessing what is it the bible that is asking us to hold on to what is it what is our hope what is your hope what is the what is the church hope in what is it that god is telling us you know let us hold fast let us let us cling tight hang on to what is it what is that hope that we confess the hope that we confess is the finished work of cross the sacrifice that jesus made on the cross that he has set us free that he has forgiven us he has blessed us you know he has given us life and that he's going to come back again he will come back again to judge the living and the dead that is the confession that is our hope that we live in and god is telling us these promises that he has made he said you know hold on to it tightly hold on to it tightly don't let it go for all the things that you and i have received you know access to god love righteousness you know freedom holy spirit healing so many things we've received and so many things that he has promised that he's going to uh, do for us you know individually and as a church as a global church there are so many things uh, promises you know and all the promises are yes and amen in christ jesus and the bible in the second invitation says as you draw near to him you know hold on hold on to the hope that you profess hold on to the confession of your hope to these promises that god has made each and every one will come to pass each and every not one thing he will miss out whatever he says he will do it and so let us hold hold tightly firmly last week we saw that he gives us steadfastness steadfastness he gives us he makes us firm to do what why, why does he make us steadfast why does he make us firm so that we can hold on to the promises his teachings his words 
And in this verse, he says, you know, he who has promised is faithful. God is not a liar. God is not a liar. He is faithful. Nothing stops him from being faithful, my dear friends. Nothing. Not one thing stops him from being faithful. Look at what Charles Spurgeon says. Charles Spurgeon says, the glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin of us has ever made him unfaithful. Even a sin doesn't make him unfaithful, my dear friends. Of course, he doesn't compromise uh, with sin. He doesn't say, oh, okay, I'll let this one go. No, no. He deals with it. He, he, he cleanses us from our sins. He forgives us from our sins. And by doing that, he proves himself faithful time and again. Time and again. Bible tells us, you know, come to him. If you've sinned, come to him. He's faithful to forgive your sins. And this in itself is a promise. And, and the Bible tells us, you know, hold on to it. Hold it tight. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. I read this somewhere where it says, you know, you can trust God with tomorrow. Why? Because he was faithful yesterday. He was faithful yesterday. He's been faithful ever since. You know, he's even before creation, he's faithful. He's a never-changing God. We always say this, you know, he who was, he is, who will be forever. He's an unchanging God. He never changes. He never changes. He remains constant. One thing that is constant is God. He was, he is, and forever he will be faithful. He always remains faithful, my dear friends. He never changes. This is the second call. First call is draw near to him. Second call, second invitation is to hold on to the promises, to hold on to the hope that we confess and believe that he is faithful. He will make things happen for you and for me. Let's look at the third call. The first two call were to do with, uh, with God, you know, in relationship with God, to draw near to him, to hold on to his promises. Look at it, this third invitation. The third invitation is about you and me, about one another, just like the Ten Commandments are. First four, first four commandments of the ten, they talk about our relationship with God. The rest six, they talk about our relationship with one another. How do we deal with one another? The third invitation over here in verse 24 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. If you look carefully over here, it's not, it's not telling us to love one another and to do good works only. It's telling us teach others, to encourage others to do the same. It's telling us, think of ways. Let us think. He's saying, let us focus. Let us study. Let us consider. You know, let, let our minds be occupied by this. By what? Ways. Come up with ways to motivate one another. Motivate one, with one another. And when, when Bible says this, that, you know, you need to motivate one another with to, to acts of love and to good works, it is given that it is expected first out of us that we should act in love and good works and then encourage others. Jesus, you know, he, he loved us first. And then he says, love one another as I have loved you. Yes. So let us love and then motivate one another to love. This can become really very difficult at times, you know, because in the life that we are living, you know, this, it is 
very much possible that you know we will end up hurting one another you know pushing or get pushed by one another you know it can happen but the bible tells us you know you must love and motivate others to love and to do good works you and i were created for good works you and i were created to love one another unless we love first we will not be able to motivate others we need to love first then we can motivate to others to love we need to do good works and we can motivate others to do good works look at this picture you know the best picture that i've got it's a bit blurry but look at this you know everyone almost on the same journey and moving in the same direction you know lots of baggage plenty of them you know and they are, they have decided amongst themselves that you know we are on this journey and we will we'll do this peacefully in unity imagine if one one of them tries to actually you know the whole thing will come down the whole journey will come to an end you know the whole thing will tumble life sometimes is like this we are all moving together slow so closely in it you know we can you know uh, try to not purposely but you know step onto one another's foot that can happen it it, it does happen but we must remind ourselves one another that we are loved we will love and we will motivate one another to love to do good works because that is what we are created for jesus has called us to live in peace to live a life full of love towards one another that is what we are called to do that is what you and i are called to do that there is so much discouragement around us you know the times that we are living in so much discouragement you know very easily a person gets discouraged very easily pastor david will is one of the pastors you know who does a lot of seminar on on family life you know he he said be an encourager the world has plenty of critics already there are lots of critics outside you know for everything that you do you will find some criticism so there is already you want to bring a change you be an encourager you encourage others you encourage someone go find someone and encourage them be an encourager you know when when i got married you know uh, raksha uh, didn't didn't know how to cook like you know naturally she had to she had to learn she she did a lot of she put a lot of hard work into it she would cook food you know and uh, what it meant is initially whatever she cooked it was like an experiment and i had to taste it you know and uh, many times it had happened that you know sometimes the salt was more sometimes it was spicy sometimes it was just bland you know sometimes overcooked sometimes under happens and even then whatever she cooked i would say it was good it was good it was good you know because i had made a constant you know consciously i decided that i'm going to encourage her and then after so many years now that she's become really good at cooking now when she cooks and uh, we are eating together she often asks me this question how is it and my response always comes as it's okay it's okay it's all right i know she knows that when i say okay it's it's good but see see the way i've changed when it was not really good i was encouraging but now that i have you know now that she's really become good i hold on the encouragement i'm preaching to myself right now as much as i am preaching to you all 
you know and so we must become encouragers we must become encouragers there is lots of criticism out there what the world needs right now is encouragement so there are three things my dear friends that we looked at today the three invitations first invitation is to draw closer to god second invitation is to to motivate one another to love and to do good works and the third one is sorry the uh, the first one is drawing closer to god second one is holding on to the uh, uh, hope the promises that god has given and the third one is to motivate one another yes find someone today i'm say find someone today one in your own family one outside whom you're going to encourage see a word of encouragement don't just say it was good don't just say it was good try and say why it is good try and say why it is good if you if you feel the food is good tell them why it is good tell a couple of things talk add a couple of more sentences to it and see see the change that you will bring in that person and the situation will change around you that is what god has called us for you and i to do amen stop here i like to pray we will bring this meeting to an end yes father god we really want to thank you for your amazing word the word that you have given us thank you for opening the way lord god for us so that we can come closer to you we can draw near near to you thank you for the promises thank you for being faithful to each and every one of them and thank you lord god we receive the third invitation as well that we will try and love first do the good works first and then we'll motivate one another to do so we make this prayer in jesus name amen